invariably by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Mary, my well beloved spouse, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Amen. I will not believe till I put my finger into the nail marks in his hands and my hand into his side. These are the famous words of Thomas, who forever after has been known as a doubting Thomas because of those words. The scene described in chapter 20 of St. John's Gospel, which we just heard, is one of my favorites, especially portrayed in painting. And <clears throat> my favorite image of this is hanging right in front of me. It's Caravaggio, the great Italian Renaissance painter, who portrays Thomas with eyes wide open. And he's placing his finger into the side of Christ, amazed that Jesus is risen, that the marks of his crucifixion are in that glorified body. <clears throat> but Thomas should also be remembered for the other words he spoke that we heard just minutes ago, when Jesus appears before him, he says, my Lord and my God, which reveal his deep faith. See, it's true that Thomas didn't believe Jesus rose from the dead until he saw our Lord one week later. Nevertheless, his words reveal today's gospel, my Lord and my God, a deep faith in the divinity of Christ. Faith because Thomas could see the humanity of Jesus before him. He couldn't see his divinity. He professed his faith in the divinity with those words, my Lord and my God. And it's a traditional practice at Mass during the elevations of the host of the chalice to repeat those words, striking one's breast. I do so myself after I consecrate the, the bread and the wine because now the body and blood of Jesus is there. And we profess that belief in those beautiful words, my Lord and my God. Faith, you see, is believing what we cannot see or fully understand. And it concerns a different order or mode than the material world, because faith deals with things that cannot be proved empirically, you cannot weigh or measure the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. It is something we believe on faith. In faith, we believe that Jesus is both divine and human, both God and man. In faith, we believe that Jesus suffered, he died, and he rose from the dead. If we don't believe this, we're not Christians. St. Paul says, if Jesus isn't risen from the dead, our faith is in vain. In faith, we believe that when water is poured over the head of a person with the words, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, a transformation takes place in that person's soul. Original sin is washed away. God begins to dwell in that soul. His life is imparted to that soul, a share in it, a participation in it, which we call sanctifying grace. In faith, we believe that at the Last Supper, Jesus instituted the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist, when he took bread and wine and said, take and eat, this is my body, take and drink, this is my blood. And we also believe that Jesus gave his apostles the power to do what he had just 
done. When he said to them, his first priests, do this in memory of me. We believe in faith that when Jesus saw the apostles on the evening of that first Easter Sunday, he gave them the power to forgive sins in his name. He said to them, those whose sins you forgive are forgiven them. Those whose sins you retain are retained. I think it's highly significant that Jesus uttered these words, you can say, immediately when he sees them for the first time gathered in the upper room. He imparts to them the power to administer his mercy and forgive sins in his name. This Sunday, Sunday after Easter, has been proclaimed Divine Mercy Sunday. Call that because the Church celebrates the institution of the great sacrament of Divine Mercy, the sacrament of confession, that sacrament instituted by our Lord Jesus Christ on that first Easter Sunday when he rose from the dead. And what is the purpose of the sacrament? Well, primarily for the forgiveness of sins committed after baptism, particularly those of a serious nature, which take us out of God's grace, render us unable to receive Holy Communion or to get to heaven. Jesus Christ came to make available to us the infinite, unbounded mercy of God. We really can call Jesus the mercy of God incarnate, the mercy of God enfleshed. God's mercy is infinite. And I'd like to remind people that the only obstacle to receiving God's mercy is our own unwillingness to ask for it. Because all we need to do is ask, and it will be given to us to turn back to God and to repent of our sins. God will always, always forgive. One of the most beautiful things, I must admit, in being a priest is seeing people's complete trust and confidence in me as a priest acting in the person of Christ. When I hear their sins and then absolve them from their sins, when instructing the little ones, preparing them for their first confessions, I'd like to tell them that if Jesus were to come down and go in one confession and I were in another, you could go to either Jesus or me and have your sins forgiven. There's no difference. This is what we believe in faith. And Jesus wants us to trust in his mercy. This is the basic message he gave to a Polish nun named Sister Faustina Kowalska back in the 1930s. She's known as Saint Faustina. She was the first saint canonized in the new millennium in the year 2000 by Pope John Paul II, who promoted that message of divine mercy given by our Lord to Saint Faustina. Jesus appeared to her with red and white graves emitting from his breast. If you look, there's a new image of the divine mercy in the back on the wall there. There's, and <clears throat> those red and white graves symbolize the blood and the water which flowed forth from his pierced side and heart after the centurion pierced it with the lance following his death. And that is symbolic as well of the two great sacraments of baptism, the white, and the Eucharist, the blood, symbolized by the red. 
coming from his breast. Jesus asked St. Faustina to have an image painted as he was appearing to her, and that is the image, the divine mercy image. Jesus warned her about the reality of hell. Jesus also told St. Faustina, this is the last opportunity I am giving to the world to obtain God's mercy. Significant words. He, he exhorts us to trust in his mercy, but he warns us that we better take advantage of these offers of mercy that he gives us. Jesus taught St. Faustina to pray a chaplet of divine mercy. Basically, you do this on the rosary and you have little invocations where you would normally say the Hail Mary. He asked for a novena of prayer to pray for different categories of sinners for the nine days preceding Divine Mercy Sunday, which that novena began on Good Friday of every year. And finally, Jesus made a great promise to St. Faustina when he appeared to her on one occasion. And I'll quote his words. On this day, the day of Divine Mercy Sunday, the depths of my tender mercy are open. The soul that will go to confession within eight days before or after Divine Mercy Sunday and receive Holy Communion on that Sunday shall obtain complete forgiveness of sins and punishment. Let no soul fear to draw near to me, even though its sins be as scarlet. What is really astounding about these words of Jesus is that he says if someone confesses and receives communion on Divine Mercy Sunday, that he shall obtain complete forgiveness of sins and punishment. When we go to confession, we always receive forgiveness of sins. We don't receive forgiveness, the remission of the punishment due to sin. That's why the priest gives a penance. And if we don't make up for the, the sins we've done in this life, when we do so in purgatory, assuming we die in a state of grace, Jesus makes available this great outpouring of mercy on Divine Mercy Sunday of remitting all punishment due to sin as well. It is akin to getting rebaptized. When an adult is baptized, all sin and all punishment for sin is wiped away. It is, in essence, what happens on this Divine Mercy Sunday, Jesus' promise. A wonderful opportunity to take advantage of the mercy of our Lord. This Sunday at 3 o'clock, here at Mount Carmel, we will have a Divine Mercy celebration. The Hour of Mercy, 3 p.m. We will expose the Blessed Sacrament, pray the chaplet, will be an opportunity for a confession if someone didn't go today, and we will bless the new image of divine mercy that, that arrived just this week. Let us always trust in that mercy of God. His mercy endureth forever, and let us never think that any sin we commit is beyond the mercy of God. Jesus assures, assures us that he is willing to forgive whatever we've done, as long as we are truly sorry, repent of our sins, and desire to be reconciled with Him. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.